That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, hey, Colin. Football Saturday again. Yep. South Carolina. And uh, I don't know if you've been following the line, but... Started out, I think we were a one-point favorite. Um, some news about Basilac, or really no news about Basilac, and went to even. And now I see that uh, it's flipped, and South Carolina is now favored by a point. Still, basically a pick 'em, but uh, it's clearly been moving in South Carolina's favor. Yeah, I think um, them having a big day against Florida doesn't make anybody feel crazy confident. No, and I think a lot of betters are just wondering, like, are we going to have our longtime starting quarterback? Are we going to have this pairing of backup quarterbacks who nobody was super thrilled with last week? And I don't know, Colin. Honestly, I I don't know which scenario I'd rather see. I think I'd rather see Connor Basilak, but I also wonder if a Tyler Macon-led offense might uh, keep South Carolina on its heels a little bit more. Well, I'm I'm not interested in Connor Basilak unless he's healthy. I know that because I know what he looks like when he's not healthy, and it sucks. <laughs> I'd rather have either one of the other guys playing at 100% than Connor Basilak at 50%. I know what that looks like. And, uh, you know, Cook said this week in an interview, I guess, he's like, I don't, people probably say, like, you know, don't think I can run. Like, I can run. Everybody's saying Macon's the, you know, the mobile quarterback, and that's the big feather in his cap. And Cook's kind of saying, well, you just you, he doesn't he's not the only one that gets to wear that feather. I think it's all going to come down to whether South Carolina can stop Beatty or not. Whoever is the quarterback for Missouri, I think that uh, Tyler Beatty has a big game. We got a chance. If he doesn't, then there's no shot because he's been most of our offense this season. And then, you know, the the defense that uh, you know stacked the box against Georgia and had a little effectiveness. If they try to do something similar against South Carolina, um, and it's effective, then all of a sudden we got a ball game. But you know, it's just such a wishy-washy team with so many flaws it's hard to be confident but again you got to look back at other games that south carolina has played not just this most recent florida game the fact that they barely beat vanderbilt i mean they're not a great team so you know theoretically colin i hate to even toss this out there because it seems ridiculous but we beat two two of these three final teams and all of a sudden we're bowl eligible and you look at florida after they're beat down from south carolina i'd run i'd run a lot of option stuff with macon and Beatty, and make them pick their poison i mean i feel like that's kind of what they did in that last series against vanderbilt when uh, macon came in and they marched right down the field and scored was it just we're going to run it at you with Beatty and we're going to run it at you with the quarterback. And you don't know which one you're going to, you, you can't really key on either one if you're worried about both of them. I feel like that's the best case scenario for our offense unless Baselak suddenly finds his, you know, form from last season. I can see this. I mean, my prediction, I guess, for this game is that 
Drinkwitz is no dummy, and he knows this is the last best shot at a win on this season, and he's going to throw the kitchen sink at it in a similar way that he did against LSU last year, I think. I mean, defensively and offensively, I, I think you just jam it up the middle and leave your secondary, leave your cornerbacks out on an island, let them fend for themselves, just like you did on Georgia, and, ex- and hope that South Carolina's wide receivers can't make the kind of circus catches that Georgia's receivers can. I think maybe despite what Georgia looked like, I think maybe they found something there. Obviously, the defense played better. And, you know, maybe whatever they did is now on tape and it won't be effective against South Carolina. But whatever they were doing against Georgia, at least in the first half, was much more effective than they had been, especially against the running game. Take what you what you did against Georgia and hopefully build on it. If I put a gun to your head and you had to bet this one, how would you how would you have it? I maybe I mean, I kind of feel like Vegas. I mean, it's basically a pick. Maybe I give the edge to Mizzou because it's at home. It's hard to make that pick, too, and not knowing who the quarterback's going to be. Yeah, for sure. But like I said, I don't know that I feel more confident with Connor Bazelak being back there, especially if he's gimpy. I don't want gimpy Connor Bazelak. You know, I'm like, give me Connor healthy or don't give me Connor. Unhealthy Connor can't throw, and he's not nearly as mobile as either one of the other two quarterbacks. So you're going to have somebody back there who's a marginal passer. Might as well be somebody with some legs. It's going to be cold in Columbia this weekend, and, you know, we're the most northern city in this conference, and kind of hope that one of these days the cold would actually play to our strength you know what i mean like that would freeze out some of the other sec teams but it never seems to make a difference it's talent at the end of the day that <laughs> yeah. makes the difference it's not weather or heart we're learning yeah that's right <laughs> yeah all right well colin i got rob sanders from fox sports radio 1400 in columbia south carolina to talk about what he thinks these gamecocks are going to do based on both what they did last week against this florida team which has got the gamecocks riding high but also the uh, the failings of this team and where their weaknesses are that mizzou might be able to exploit so why don't we talk to him and uh, maybe get a better sense of what this one-point spread football game is on this weird Missouri team that's uh, as unpredictable. I don't know. Maybe they're not unpredictable. They've gone one and eight against the spread. Maybe they're entirely predictable. <laughs> but yeah, uh, good. anyway, let's talk to Rob and see what he's got to say, and then we'll come back. All right. This is the Mazzotcast. This is the Mazat On the program now, we have Rob Sanders, Fox Sports 1400 in, in South Carolina, and he is going to tell us whether he thinks South Carolina or Missouri is going to win this game and how ugly it's going to be because these have been two teams who have taken a circuitous route to getting here, but South Carolina is coming off a huge emotional win over Florida that nobody saw coming. Rob, what's life like in Columbia, South Carolina now after uh, putting the Florida Gators to bed? Well, the Gators were a 20-point favorite over South Carolina. South Carolina had, was coming off of the bye week where, uh, before that, they went down to Texas A&M and had 15 total yards of offense uh, through the third quarter. So the offense was not working. Uh, graduate, trans- or graduate assistant uh, Zeb Nolan was the quarterback. 
uh, they basically plucked him out of the uh, the coaching room there. And uh, he, a, a young man who played, uh, I, I believe it was at Iowa State, and he also played uh, uh, at one of the, the, I think it was North Dakota State as well. And they found out, hey, he's got a year of eligibility. They put him out there, and, and he's he uh, managed to get the Gamecocks some wins earlier in the season. Uh, starter Luke Doty came back, but then injured his foot. Uh, Nolan had a minor knee surgery, so they go to Jason Brown, which was a transfer from uh, St. Francis in Pennsylvania, and you're looking at it from the perspective of they're, they've got their third-string quarterback, who we were told in the preseason is overweight and too big to play quarterback, and you're looking at all of that, and they're a 20-point dog, and the stadium was maybe three-quarters full, and they just beat the snot out of the Florida Gators. It was not even, I mean, the scoreboard there, uh, it was the most points that South Carolina's ever scored against Florida. And, of course, it ends up with their defensive coordinator getting the boot. But, yeah, things are pretty high here in Columbia. They're very... Uh... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Happy with that, uh, with that win. And, you know, they don't get very many wins over Florida anyway. But uh, picking up that win, it kind of gives Shane Beamer that, uh, that little, uh, the little thing they can take into the offseason. Like, you know what? We may win five or six games, but... Man, we we hammered Florida, so they're they're very happy about that. Sure, and I guess the question we have is: Do you think that uh, South Carolina is going to have a letdown? You know, an emotional letdown after that. So it's what we hope every time somebody comes to Columbia, as bad as the Tigers have been, we're looking for any advantage we can grasp to because, uh, oof, it's been rough over here in our Columbia. Well, I I think that uh, it was kind of something interesting on Sunday night. Shane Beamer didn't really put the the full force behind. Hey, uh, you know Brown's going to be the starter, and then today he comes out in his press conference says, "Yeah, Brown's going to get the start." I don't know if they're completely uh, sold on what Brown can do for the offense, but it seemed like the offense moved better, blocked better. Um, they had two 100 yard rushers put up 284 yards on the ground against the Florida Gators. So. The offense was was really really humming, and uh, the South Carolina defensive coordinator, Coach White, who came over from Western Kentucky, has taken that Gamecock defense and made them respectable. 
Um, they, I think they're at plus 20 on the season as far as uh, the turnover margin, and they get a lot of picks. Uh, Jalen Foster is a young man that uh, has uh, five interceptions on the season. I believe he leads the country with that. The Gamecocks are tied for first in the SEC in interceptions. So the defense has actually been playing pretty well, but the offense has been abysmal until that Florida game where uh, where Jason Brown and and Kevin Harris and those guys decided to uh, finally show up and uh, they put up uh, close almost 500 yards of offense against that Florida team. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly frightening numbers for Missouri fans, especially when you talk about the defense because Connor Bazelak has struggled so mightily and we don't even know if he's going to be behind center this week and Anyway, we feel your pain as far as having to go back up to back up to back up quarterbacks. How about Shane Beamer? How I mean, obviously this win was a huge statement win for him going into this game. What were attitudes generally like for you know first year coach? Well, I think everyone at the uh, when he got hired, it was you know you have that honeymoon period where it's like you know what this guy's coming in and he's so positive and he wants to be here and the team moniker is welcome home. They've got that as a big huge banner outside the stadium, but. I think there was a set of the Gamecock fan base that um, Shane Beamer's a very positive guy, like over-the-top positive. And I think there was a lot of folks that were thinking, you know, this guy is a sunshine pumper. That's kind of the vibe that we got from uh, our fifth-quarter postgame show that we do on our sister station. And it's like, you know what, we're tired of hearing, hey, we're practicing. We had our best practice of the season, which is what he was telling us after the uh, the Texas A&M game. But – 15 yards of offense through three quarters. How, how hard did you practice? You know, I mean, there's people just kind of got tired of hearing that, but you know, winning is, is a heck of a deodorant. And especially when you get a win over uh, the arrogancy that is Dan Mullen, as uh, he brought those Florida Gators in here and uh, they got popped last weekend. And that made a lot of Gamecock fans really, really happy. Yeah. As I mentioned to you, it scared us to see what South Carolina was capable of against Florida, but, uh, it does warm one's heart to see Dan Mullen struggling and squirming as he was after that football game. So, you know, we wanted to thank South Carolina for, for that little joy that we got, the little schadenfreude. Uh, what is your prediction about this week? I mean, you've seen a little bit of what Missouri can or can't do. And, of course, you know the South Carolina team. What do you think is going to happen on Saturday? You know, I think that with Mizzou's struggles with the passing game, I think that that uh, – and a lot of it depends on – if Basilak comes out there and he's healthy, that that could be maybe something that could help Mizzou out. But I, I honestly think that uh, that Coach White is going to uh, basically try to keep uh, Mizzou within the twenties, you know, and uh, hopefully, you know, keep it to field goals and things like that. But uh, I honestly think that South Carolina has a chance going up there. I know that they were a three-point underdog to start, and winning on the road in the SEC is, is tough, regardless. I mean, earlier in the season, they went to East Carolina and struggled to get a win there. This is one of those games where, uh, like, if I were going to place a bet, I, I wouldn't bet on it because I'm not completely sure which way it would go. Would not surprise me if South Carolina went up there and won by 17 points. Would not surprise me if Mizzou won by 10 to 14 points, depending on uh, how that South Carolina running game goes because everything with that South Carolina offense hinges on uh, who can be that running back that, that really, really sets the tone? Is it going to be Kevin Harris, who led the SEC in rushing last season? Or is it going to be a guy like Juju McDowell, who is uh, kind of a little bounce back is what I call him. He's He may be five foot eight inches tall and weigh, I don't know, 165 pounds. He's a little fella, 
And but I mean, when he gets the ball in his hands, he can do some really, really great stuff. But uh, if South Carolina runs the ball really well, I think they will come out with a win. But if the turnover bug bites them, Mizzou could, uh, with, of course, uh, your talented running back, give uh, give the Gamecocks some problems. Sure. Well, if, if running the ball is what you're counting on, then you are in luck because everybody's been able to run against these Tigers. And, you know, you say, talk about playing on the road. It's going to be a half-empty stadium. There's just no question about it. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but it's, you know, it's November in, in Missouri. And this is a team that hasn't inspired a lot of enthusiasm so far. So uh, it's not going to be quite as raucous as uh, some of your <laughs> your other SEC stadiums might be this year. But, you know, and, and Missouri on top of all this is 1-8 versus the spread. Our first victory over the spread came against Georgia, where we were able to cover those 39 points, but barely. Yeah, uh, we, were, we were actually we were talking about that the other day. You know, uh, the Clemson football team, is two and seven against the spread this season. So uh, it, it's kind of interesting that, that both sets of Tigers there have had problems with the numbers in Vegas. No, that's true. Rob, thank you so much for joining us and talking about South Carolina, even though it's a little depressing to hear the reasons why we're probably going to lose this game. But uh, it's always good talking to you every year, man. Hey, man, I really, really appreciate it and uh, hope you guys have a good rest of the season. Hey, same goes to you. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps and uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, South Carolina. Well, there you go, Colin. You talk to a South Carolina guy and you get a uh, prediction that South Carolina is going to win. I, guess, I don't know what I expected. Yeah. I tell you what, while we were listening to that, I, I, I did think about Mizzou does have a an advantage over South Carolina. I mean, if, if you look at these teams, you think they are sort of in the same boat, struggling at the bottom of the SEC tier as of now. The one thing that Mizzou's got that South Carolina certainly does not have is, is Mebus. And so if you're going to have a, a pick em kind of close game that could come down to the wire, Mizzou, to me, has an advantage if it comes down to it because of Mebus. It's always good to have a reliable leg. I mean, Mevis is putting up a season where I think he's currently ranked number two in uh, field goal percentage all time in a single season for Mizzou kickers. He's having a year. We know how important kicks can be against South Carolina. <laughs> That's right. Andrew Baggage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It still burns. Well, Colin, I don't know if you heard, but uh, it's not just football season. Basketball season started around here. Mm-hmm. The Tigers took on Central Michigan. It sounds like deja vu. I think that's how we started our football season this year. But yep. uh, And much like 
the football season, we had a disappointing win. Based on Twitter, the sentiment I felt like I saw a little bit was, not sure if they'll be any good, but they'll be more fun to watch. And then I, uh, I called Twink Caleb, not Bear Caleb, but Twink right. Caleb. And I, I got his scouting report on it. And he, he seems to have some optimism for them. He said he thought a couple of their best players didn't play and they were uh, still looked like they'd be competitive. So we'll have some guarded optimism, I suppose. Well, it was kind of a game of two halves. I mean, they came out pretty strong and looked fairly sharp. And then Central Michigan purposely slowed the game down. They just decided that they weren't going to be able to run with Mizzou. And uh, it was one of those sort of slog games in the second half and got kind of dull. And uh, honestly, they chipped away at the lead. But Javon Pickett. So that says that that signature Conzo style of basketball. (laughs) Fucking boring. (laughs) Boring and giving up leads. Yeah. So we were doing that. And Javon Pickett uh, had a couple big buckets as well as a couple of timely uh, steals to really seal the game, which made me feel good. And then Ronnie DeGray, I think, got a lot of attention just because he's sort of a maniac out there. He is all energy. Crashes those boards. Yeah, all energy all the time. I think he is going to be fun to fun to watch, especially if he can stay within himself a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team that uh, it's weird. What you're telling me, Brendan, is it? You know, there's like an eight-minute stretch where they didn't score, so it's still Conzo ball. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's what I'm getting at here, Colin, is that, I mean, it's year five for Conzo, and nobody has any expectation for this team. And there, a lot of people are weirdly going to be like, well, this is a rebuild year. You know, this is this is the foundation year. And I'm like, this is year five. Why are we, like, giving this guy a pass in year five and saying, like, this is ground zero? And I, I mean, I get it. He followed Kim Anderson, but, like, you know, at some point, how many years are we going to pretend like one bad coach? I don't know. It's just when you see coaches come into other programs and turn things around quickly, and then you just get the apologists who are like, I don't, I just think like, no, this is this is the year. You know what I mean? Like he's put together a team. It wasn't an impressive recruiting class. The transfers were not the best in the country. And at some point, you got to quit making excuses as to like, well, circumstance A and circumstance B and circumstance C, this is why this year is not bad, but in the future, in the future. And at some point it's like, okay, well, the guy's in here 20 years and you keep making excuses for him, you know? So I'm giving it this season. If we perform above expectations, which are admittedly low this year, I'll say, okay, Conzo, fine, one more year. But Man, if they continue to just be mired into the bottom third of the well, SEC, I feel like the bar for Missouri is very low. For I mean, for Missouri fans, like what we expect of you. Norm Stewart made a living just being tournament eligible. You know what I mean? Like, and he's going to go down as Storm and Norman, a great coach. And he was a great coach, but ultimately, like we didn't we didn't go to any Final Fours. We won national championships. You know, we won some conference championships, and it was great. Couple of lead eights. But what I'm basically getting at is if Conzo Martin can just be one of the top 68 teams in the country every year, <laughs> yeah. he'll coach here for the next 25 years if he wants. And all he's got to do is be in the top 70 teams. And so when you talk about that, how long are we going to make excuses? How long are we going to like, listen, we're not, I'm not asking Conzo Martin to get a bunch of five star recruits. I'm not asking him to, to win the SEC year in and year out. I'm not asking him to go to the final four, win national championships. All I'm asking them to do is my expectation for Mizzou basketball, where I want it to be is like, I want to be in the tournament every stinking fucking year. And that's only asking you to be in the top 68 teams, not the top 25, the top fucking 68. If you can do that, you can, you can make a living at Missouri. And so far 
he can't, he hasn't been able to do that. And so that's what I'm asking. You'll make the tournament this year, Conzo, and make it next year and make it the year after that and the year after that and the year after that. And some years maybe go deep. Some years get knocked out every time. All I'm asking is be in the top 70. I remember being mad as, a, as when I was young, I'd get mad in years that we got sent to the NIT. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. this was what a disa- disaster of a year. And, and then, you know, now like we don't even make that. We're not even a consideration for the NIT because we're below 500. Like there was a time where that was inconceivable. And now the number of people that are just okay with being really bad at basketball for a, a huge stretch of time. What are you a fan for if you don't want to win? You know, like why are you following along just to wallow in shit constantly? You know, don't you want to be well, good? Yeah, you know, this isn't good enough. You know, it isn't good enough. But anyway, like I said, nothing made me happier than Conzo set the world on fire and having this little engine that could out of nowhere and have a successful season and go to the tournament i'd be great but it's just it's not that big a, it's not that big a bar to jump when you're i mean you're in a major division one college basketball program you know you're in the sec you got two major metropolitan areas two and a half hours from your fucking gymnasium there's no excuse for not being able to be in the top 68 teams in the country every year not for four million a year and uh, also collins you know i know some people think a lot of these problems are lack of support from the fans but the students showed up that's in a way that we have not seen in a very long time i think that the athletic department has done a good job of trying to get the students engaged and the whole stadium wasn't full but that student section was raucous and it looked good on tv so i mean scratch another uh, excuse off the list not fans <laughs> yeah no that's true that's true it was cool to see though and I do think that kind of stuff matters. It helps sell your program. It makes the program. Do you think it's more important than the head coach? Boy, I don't know, Brennan. I've got this crazy idea that the head coach is almost the most important thing. Hmm. Um, A lot of people disagree with that. Yeah, it Um, sounds controversial. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that it's more important than the head coach, but it's it's close. Yeah. One, two. Yeah, exactly. But no, I think it's good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure the players appreciate it. I'm sure it, it does breed some enthusiasm. If you've ever played sports, everybody knows it's more exciting to play in front of a crowd. Well, one thing I know about basketball, especially college basketball, is you know, we need a bigger sample size than this to get a true measure of what this team looks like because, God, even good basketball teams don't look the same in February as they do in November. You know what I mean? Like it takes some time mm-hmm. to gel. So hopefully this team will gel, but uh, we have a healthy dose of skepticism based on, I don't know, every other game console's ever coached here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think what it comes down to is the offense looked more effective at times than it has. It also fell asleep for long stretches. Well, it did. I guess um, what I mean is is that uh, I guess I don't know what I mean. Just that, that they, they looked like they were shooting okay at times from the outside and that they were more aggressive on the glass and more aggressive around the basket. The style of play, I guess, was just more kinetic. You know what I mean? Especially on offense. Between Caleb said when that that giant Wilmore kid came out, the Whatever, whoever plays behind him, freshman kid came in and, and, and everybody was moving. The offense was moving. You know, they were getting up and down the court and it looked fluid and it looked athletic, which is something that I have complained about Conzo teams is like it does, they do not look like a team full of athletes, especially the last couple of years. So, you know, if you saw those kids walking around campus, you'd go, man, that's a tall guy, but you wouldn't go, I bet he plays in the basketball team. <laughs> yeah. It just looked like a really tall guy who might be in the ag program. <laughs> 
Time will tell. And we'll also be finding out on Saturday whether we've got any shot, I guess, at a bowl. I uh, I look at Arkansas as our least winnable game on the docket now. After I, I don't know why I can still consider South Carolina winnable after what they did to Florida. And then look at Florida and think, oh, we can win because of what South Carolina did to them. I'm like, well, one of those has to be good, I guess, for that kind of ass-webbing to take place. I don't know. South Carolina, Florida. South Carolina is not great, has flaws. Florida is just circling the drain. Maybe we can sneak up. I mean, what if we ended up with six wins on this season, Gong? Would you kind of turn around on what we've been saying about <laughs> the state of the program this season? Um, Yeah, to an extent, for sure. I mean, if you got bowl eligible, one of the things that I was optimistic about Drinkwitz last year was because this team didn't feel like you were immediately out of it when you got lost the lead. Now, this year, uh, but, you know, last year, the team had to, like I said, it seemed like it had some confidence and they didn't sort of fall apart at the first sign of adversity. It would be like another notch on the belt for Drinkwitz and like, you know, having a, 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 a t- team that everybody knows is a little bit under talented, having a team that is you know, started poorly and has played poorly and then in that season strong because ultimately football is a game of attrition. And sometimes it's not about who has the most talents or Sometimes it's about who can survive the season. If Drinkwitz can survive a gauntlet of a schedule and the injuries to players and all this stuff and come out with a winning record and a bowl at the end of the season, it would be impressive, honestly. Yeah, it would. It would be a good turnaround. But I uh, also, it brings back memories of Barry Odom and how he would spend half the season looking like complete and total disorganized dog shit and then redeem himself in the second half with an un- you know, an unexpected run of victories, then we'd be like, hey, it's so bad, and we'll keep him around. And then it, the same thing happened year after year after year, when we realized, oh, he just starts every season unprepared. Uh, you know what, Barry, in retrospect, we, when he lost that game to Kentucky, we should have just jammed him inside of a cannon and shot him out of the state <laughs> right then and there. I mean, there was no no loss in the, in the Barry Odom years that was more telling. I was just like, God, how did you talk about a – a world-class bedwetting. It was hard to watch. Oh, I meant to, I'm just, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, but I, the basketball calling it. Our next game is Monday against the UMKC Ruse, and I got a feeling that Conzo Martin knows that nothing cursed the Kim Anderson era more. Nothing sort of was emblematic of our ineptitude was losing like the first game of the season against UMKC. And if Conzo were to somehow lose that game, he's got to win it because if he loses against the ruse in a year where he's already kind of on a hot seat, I mean, forget about it. The fans are going to go nuts on him for pulling a Kim Anderson. Let me add to that definition of what I expect for to be, for you to be considered a successful coach at Mizzou. One, be in the tournament every year. Two, you don't lose games to the ruse. You know what I mean? You don't lose games to, to nobodies. You know that kind of shit doesn't happen to good teams. I, I don't want to see any of that either. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're entering basketball season and the end of football season with a healthy dose of skepticism. It sounds like Colin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just remember being a kid and thinking, "Oh, Mizzou's going to have to play," you know, George Mason and. CMSU and Loyola or whoever, you know, and in the exhibition preseason, early season stuff, you know, and it was just a mopping, you know what I mean? That's what Mizzou was just warming up for the season on those kind of teams, you know, in the Kim Anderson area, you're like, holy shit, I hope we can survive when I'm talking about it in my childhood, when the Tigers mop the floor with competition like that, we need to make a tournament every year and we need not to lose to the, um, the letter schools as Caleb would put it. 
<laughs> Fair enough. You're talking about Bear Caleb, though. Yes, Bear Caleb, not Twink Caleb. Not to be mistaken for Twink Caleb, who's our basketball analyst. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get Twink Caleb on the show at some point for basketball analysis. All right, Colin. Well, why don't we uh, put it away, get ready for the South Carolina game, and then come back and maybe after another basketball game and have a better idea of what this football team and basketball team is in 2021. God, I hope the basketball is good. It's been so long, and nothing's more fun than watching college basketball when you're good. Don't get your hopes up. I won't. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Z-O-U.